0: I'm Julie Whitman, co founder of a nonprofit organization called Joy of It, and I'm excited to share a bit of time with you today. Uh, really, when I think about it, to me, people, community, fellowship, and team is everything. And that's why I'm so excited to be here with part of my Joy of It team. So, I want you to say hello to Dr. Marcella Chiromo. Hello. Pastor Ashley Bell. Hi. And my co founder, Joy Roberts. Hello, hello. What I think is really fun and, and part of our story is that Joy and I founded Joy of It about five years ago with the idea that we believed that we are stronger and better together. We are passionate about finding places of intersection where we invest in creating room for collaboration across generational, racial, and gender divide. And we developed a biblically-based social-emotional learning program called Frenzy that equips students K through eighth grade across the US. We care deeply about the generation that's coming behind us. And really what it boils down to at the core is that we believe relationships matter. And so I want to give you a little bit of a better idea of who's with me here today. Before you, we have amazing, gifted, powerhouse women, married, single, culturally diverse, introverts and extroverts. Some of us can sing, some of us can dance, some of us can't dance. (laughs) Definitely not. No, you can't. Each of us were designed perfectly in his image and each of us have an assignment from God that he's called us to do. And we celebrate each other's differences because that's what, how God designed us. And even though it's not always easy, we press retention and celebrate the good things of life. And so I want to start with who's and give you a chance to talk about what you do. Um, and so I'm just going to throw it out there to Marcella. Cool.
1: Um, So my name is Dr. Marcella Chiromo, um, I'm an international psychologist, um, currently working as a psychology consultant um, in the mental health field. I work with uh, youth right now, high school age youth, um, providing mental health services. I also work with organizations like Jojovit to um, help uh, design curriculum, Um, and yeah, that's what I do right now. I feel like God's me in this position to um to really you know focus on mental health and address needs that are um met by young people and
0: uh women yeah thanks for being here marcella I yeah. love spending time with you and just your quiet disposition just adds um insight and you're an internal processor that always comes up with wisdom so thanks for being here
2: Ashley Bell, Pastor Ash. Oh, yeah, Pastor Ash. I'm still trying to figure out how that got attached to my name, Pastor Ashley. (laughs) Um, But I am uh, a local and global outreach pastor at Cedar Mill Bible Church. And so I help build communities and figure out how we can better serve both local and global communities. I'm also part of the Joy of It team, um, where I blog and speak, and just get to hang out with some awesome friends. And, and right now, I'm just trying to stay sane. Stay sane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just trying to stay sane. But I'm glad to be here today. Thanks for being real. I think we all try to stay, stay sane, right? Yeah.
0: Um, and then my friend and co-founder, Joy Roberts. Thanks for being here
3: first of all, I think all of you are amazing. My favorite part of life is that we actually get to do life together, whether you want to or not. (laughs) Um, So it's great. I am passionate. I feel like it's such a privilege that we get to lean into these conversations. And we, around this table, spend a lot of time talking about emotional competencies and skills as part of the Frenzy program, but also just part of what we need as adults, as leaders, as people who engage in um, real conversations. And so I'm really passionate about teaching and having conversations about emotional competencies and skills. And so, self-awareness, self-management, responsible decision-making, social awareness, and relationship skills tend to come up in a lot of my conversations with families, with friends, and it's really what we get to do together. And so today, that's what you're going to hear coming out of my mouth. (laughs) Social emotional competency. So I'm excited to jump into this conversation and see what unfolds as we talk about relationships and friendships, because I think at the end of our lives, What's going to matter most to us is the relationships that we've established and developed. And so I think this is a critical conversation in the the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of the pandemic of racism in our nation, that we have never needed to have this conversation more than we need to have it today. How do we have healthy relationships and strong communities? How do we live out God's design for relationship and community together? And so... It's a relevant conversation, and I think the powerhouses around this table are just the right people to jump into this with you, Julie.
0: Right, and I think what's fun about having a conversation is that we're not coming into this as experts. We're coming into this with our life experiences, with our perspectives to share. and lean in together, really, like you said, Joy, to um, understand and unpack what is God's design for relationship, for friendship? What what does he mean? What is the unity mandate? You know, when we think about unity and when we think about the body of Christ, what does that even mean if he calls us to unity and into friendship together? How do we actually practically live that out? And so, If it's his mandate, we know that if he calls us, he will equip us, and yet um, we still have to walk through some of the hard parts of that. I want to uh, lean in and ground us and anchor us in some scripture before we launch into this conversation. It'll provide a backbone to everything that we talk about. And so if you're listening along and you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them and open up to 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 26. I'll give you a bit to get there. Uh, really, what we're looking at here is that the Corinthians were dealing with conflict. They were, they were trying to determine who was most important or more important, and everyone was comparing in this specific part of Scripture, everyone was comparing spiritual gifts. And it's here that Paul is going to cast vision for a unified body of believers, what would that look like? He's envisioning um, what we would be like if we wouldn't tolerate um, differences, but celebrate them. Not just tolerate them, but celebrate them. And if we could actually get to the point where we see value in our differences instead of comparing, competing, judging, and criticizing. And so it's, it's kind of with that background, that context, that we jump in to read 1 Corinthians 12:26, And it's a long passage, but I'm going to read it just in case you're um, on a walk right now enjoying this and, and you want to hear the scripture. So just bear with me. We'll read about the unity unity and diversity in the body this is 1 Corinthians twelve, twelve through 26. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, free or slave, we are and were given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? And it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that were... That are less honorable, we treat with special honor, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greatest honor to the parts that lacked, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part. Rejoices with it. When I read this part of Scripture, I just see so much we can discuss in this passage. I see um, it talking about division or the divides. I speak it. I see it speaking of comparison and competition, feelings of inadequacy, um, this idea of value and honor. Um, and so I want to just toss it out to each of you when you heard and read and when you reread this part of God's Word, what resonates with you? you know, What stands out? What um, makes your heart skip a beat? Well,
2: I think for me, um, when, when I hear and I read that, um, the first thing that comes to my mind is that the, the Spirit has already unified mm-hmm. us. And we have to acknowledge that, that we've been given a level of unity already because of that one spirit that dwells into us. And and then there's another part of just I think it was Corinthians um, 18 through 21 in chapter 12, where it talks about you know the members saying you know if I can't say I don't need you, um, and and just how we've been functioning. Um, as a church, as a dismembered body, um, Mm -hmm. which we know cannot function in its full capacity. Mm
3: -hmm. So how do
2: we get to functioning in our full capacity? Mm -hmm. Which points us back to unity and the need for one another. Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about you, Joy? What do you see when you read that passage? Honestly, this passage um, is stirring up a lot in me right now. Mm -hmm. And it's this cultural moment that we're living in, where we as a nation are experiencing division outwardly that has been in place since inception. So it's something that's always been there, but it's bubbled up. And so when I read this passage, I feel a very deep conviction. You know, Ashley, you touched on the fact that we're deeply divided as the body of Christ. Ninety-two and a half percent of churches are segregated, mm-hmm. and so I'm just reading this passage, thinking, "We've missed the boat. Like mm-hmm. we, we, we've missed the mark. Like that." And mm-hmm. Paul was talking to a deeply divided community. It was Jew and Gentile that had the Jewish people had had this perspective that they were the chosen people, mm-hmm. and so they entered into this relationship being the people who know what they know what they know and then gentiles were like their enemies like these were people that they had warred against and now Paul is saying <clears throat> and Christ has come and the unity of the spirit is saying no you're now one body and so I've come to break down the walls that divide and so I read this and I actually I felt heartbroken and I'm starting with with me and I look at you know what we have perpetuated as a church even though this is our mandate. I mean, Julie, you started out that this is our call. Ash, you reinforced that we have one spirit. We've been unified, and yet what are we doing? And so I feel like we're missing the mark. We're not doing our job. When I hear you say that, I think, you know,
0: we can look at this in a macro or a micro level. You know, there's these, there's two ways, because you can be dis- Dis- divided and disengaged from one another, which causes division and disunity and, um, what did you say? Dismemberment of the body. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it's a great way of seeing it, but then there's the macro level too, because if there's so many individuals that are unengaged with each other and not committed and not connected, then macro from a society standpoint, from a, which is what we're really experiencing in this cultural moment now is really what you're grieving too. And so, Marcella, when you look at this passage, what do you what comes to mind? What do you what resonates, what do you think?
1: Um, for me it's the word value um, mm-hmm. that stands out a lot and just um there's a part of the passage that you were reading that like actually gave me goosebumps of um, how um, sort of like we're all uniquely created in a a specific way, and we all have value, there's something that we actually bring, you know, God had us in mind when he created us, so I think that, um, and that idea of, like, I don't need this part, I don't need that part is not, like, it sort of separates who, who God, you know, created us to, you know, to be Mm -hmm. as human beings, and I think that, it makes me think of, like, you talk about the church, Ash, and, um, and how the very thing that God's heart is around unity is the very thing that we're not doing, which, um, you know, is, to me it's just kind of mind-blowing. And also, um, for me personally, it's, you know, I've had experiences in churches where I didn't feel welcomed. And I have taken that and felt like, oh, I'm not part of this type of church, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and just hearing that it just kind of like feeling God's love is like I have value every person is valuable mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to see every person as adding value to the body of Christ mm-hmm. and if I'm not doing that that I need to you know go to God and pray and you know ask him to search my heart because that's what God is about and if we're not doing that then what are we, who are we following yeah. what are we really doing um, so it kind of, yeah, gaming gave me goosebumps, (laughs) you know. Right, I I
0: feel like you bring up such a good point, though, because so many of us, whether it be in the church or out of the church, we've had experiences that have led us to um, feel insecure, maybe, about what we bring, or, you know, I'm too much, or I'm not enough, or, you know, in, in different circumstances, and yet this passage is encouraging us each to be... And and actually telling us you're important, you yes. are essential, you yes. are you are needed to create the fullness of the body. Every single believer is needed yes. to create yes. the fullness, to create a um, what he originally designed the body of Christ to flourish. You know, to actually um, thrive and function well. And so you bring up this really important part point, and you say to go to God and pray. But how do we each get comfortable? How do we encourage? women who are listening this to be comfortable with the part that they bring mm-hmm. you know how do you get comfortable bringing who you are mm-hmm. into either a church or a friendship or a community or workplace there's so many different avenues that we need to show up and bring who we are into it Yeah,
2: I, I think how you get comfortable with, with being who you are who God designed you to be mm-hmm is to know know where your confidence is is rooted like who who are you to go to God and say, God who am I show me who I am show me whose I am. show me my value because the world is attributing to you a value that God has not attributed yeah. to you. And so if you don't believe that you are valuable, that you have been created and designed by him, that you are his image bearer, that you are a beautiful reflection of who he is, then you're never going to be comfortable with what you're bringing into a friendship.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And and so you have to
2: start there. It, It starts there.
0: What do you think, Marcella? Do you go to prayer? Do you, you know, what situations do you find yourself feeling like shutting down parts of you? You know, are there certain circumstances?
1: Yeah, I think, I think for me it's prayer and, um, doing some, you know, self-reflection. Um, and so there's this part of, you, you were talking about either being too much or not enough, um, and for me, it, it, you know, I, I really like what you said, Ash, because you got to know who you are um, because there are places that you bring yourself and maybe that's not the place, you, sh- you know, to be bringing yourself. Right. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Means, but you have to know that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's personally for me, that's a struggle to know, like, oh, am I is this just, you know, pe- you know people are not accepting me for who I am or. Is this just not the place for me to be doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of understanding that, um, and I think that their places are harder to um, to kind of bring yourself. Mm-hmm. And being a black woman, it's usually dom- dominantly, predominantly white-like places, mm-hmm. spaces where it's harder to do that, mm-hmm. where um, it takes you know, there's a huge risk, mm-hmm. right? I'm thinking about my own sanity, somebody said, you know, I need, I need to be able to like function in, in those spaces, so, um, yeah, it's it's a, that's a really hard question, and I personally don't have an answer for it, and I think it's just doing, um, starting, like what Ash said, and um, kind of figuring that out, and that's definitely a, a relationship with God, because there are places where I might think I don't need
0: to be, but God's telling me that's where I want you to be. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I hear you talking about discernment, which is Mm -hmm. um, helping you determine, and I want Joy to talk about this idea of Mm self-awareness and social awareness, right? Because there's self-awareness that has to take place so that you know who you are. Like Ashley Mm -hmm. said, what's your identity? Whose are you? Who are you? And then, you lean on the wisdom and discernment from the Lord to determine in those social awareness places, am I being asked to step out in my fullness? Am I, you know, because there are times where, where, um, we utilize wisdom to, um, lead us into different different social circumstances. And so Joy, what do you, how do you equip someone to kind of go through the process of self-awareness?
3: Well, I, I think, I think this question almost needs to be flipped. How do we create environments mm, where and okay. friendships mm. where everyone can show up in their full self? Because okay. I think I think as a white person I enter into relationships from a different power position. And I know that sounds like odd maybe for other white people to hear, but as white people we walk in with a different mindset than my black sisters walk into that relationship so it's actually not equal Mm -hmm. and so in my white mind I may think that it's equal I think in white culture um, there's work that we need to do to um, I'm looking at Julie and I to work on our own self-awareness our identity what do we carry in and I think we need to create space As women as friends as human beings to allow people to show up and part of that is going back to your question Julie it's our ability to be socially aware to understand what the dynamics are to empathize and have compassion for people who are coming in and I think in culture we have such a high standard we're looking for all of our monochromatic, our similarities, our points of connection. And the dominant culture is going to drown out the fullness hmm. that other people bring to the table. And so how do we create space for everyone to show up in the fullness of who they are? And I think it comes with humility. It comes with being humble. It comes with seeking to understand and seeing everybody individually. And I don't mean... Um, Mm Colorblindness. I'm saying I'm looking at Marcella's unique attributes and what that she brings, and creating space at the table to honor that. We're representing different voices. I think of churches representing a variety of theologians and I'm thinking of listening to different music. I'm thinking of hosting a party and considering who's coming and what food is being served because we want it it to feel good for everybody, not just for some people, but actually uh, have a posture of celebrating differences and acknowledging differences. So that we can honor, like when I think of this passage in First Corinthians, it's actually talking about creating a culture of honor and respect. And so, how do we cultivate that um, as a community? And I think white culture has to be conscious and aware to create space for that. Absolutely, when we're talking about culturally um, diversity,
0: we, we hold a lot of responsibility as white. Um, individuals to become aware of those differences and and celebrate them. Yeah, and we have
3: not brokered that well. No, we have not. Um,
0: When I hear you speak, I also think that in order to be able, able to celebrate differences, in order for me to know who Ashley is, I have to be able to spend time to get to know you and we all have to be able to to drop our guards a little bit, which is hard because if I really want to know you um, and not just make guesses about you, I, we have to be real with each other. We have to be um, somehow get past the point of pretenses mm-hmm. and pretending and actually be real because it's only then that you feel known and loved and heard and so there are so many barriers to that when we think about it. And, and women, I think have a ton of barriers because, um, I don't know about you, but most of my life, it was like, when you head out the front door you put on your happy face and your lip gloss and you put your shoulders back and you walk regardless of what happened behind the door or last week. And so, talk through barriers in your life. For sure, in my life, it's been past choices that I might think weren't acceptable to you or that might make you think something about me that I don't want to be true anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they they might be um, insecurities about my ignorance or what I don't know. And so because I want to be a person who presents the good and the known and the smart, I I might be insecure to enter into a conversation where ignorance or inaccuracies would show up with friends. Um, Just showing my imperfection I think is really hard for me in friendships. So that's me coming with what can be a barrier to friendships with me because if I don't let those down, you're not going to actually know the quirky Julie, the you know the real Julie. You know you're gonna think you know me, but you're just gonna be surface level. And is that different for you, or is that the same for you guys?
3: I feel like it's. I want to keep reversing your question. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what do I need to do to make it a safe place for Julie to show up and be vulnerable and real? I know,
0: but uh, I think that we both sides have to do work. Like. Like you can't cater to my, you know, there's there's some level where you can't cater to my insecurities. You can't because I have to do some self work too, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so you're right, but you're also the people pleaser who wants to. (laughs) I
3: want to say, how (laughs) can I honor you? How can we create Mm -hmm. space? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, what do you
2: think? And and both are both are important. Joy, what you said about environments, that's that's crucial Mm because I know something that keeps me sometimes from entering in particularly predominantly white spaces as a African American single woman is this thought or idea, whether it's spoken or unspoken, that I just have to become just like you Mm -hmm. in order to fit into the space. I have to eat what you like. I have to sing what you sing. I have to speak like you speak. I have to write emails like you write emails. I have to do everything like you do in order to be thought of as, um, as someone who is valuable. But on the other hand, and I'm at this point in my life right now, and I think what's going on in our country has me at this point of not worrying about so much what other people think about me. I'm Mm. over it. Mm -hmm. I'm done with that. (laughs) I'm over it. And God has designed me with a purpose and intention. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to step into it regardless of what you think of me yeah. or what he thinks of me or what the church thinks of me if scripture tells me I'm one thing then I'm honoring that mm-hmm. and I'm going to do that lovingly of course I'm going to do mm-hmm. that tactfully I'm not going to be hateful about it but I'm going to walk in the fullness of me in these environments because quite frankly we can't afford not to
0: well and I think that that is what my desire to get out of this conversation is, is because mm-hmm. um, every single person if we could come to that place where we feel confident with our stories, Mm -hmm. who we are, Mm -hmm. that God's going to use who we are and our stories, our backstories, our junk, our Mm -hmm. stuff we messed up at. um, And and sharing that, sharing who we are, all of it with each other is for the benefit of each other is really what. And so it is twofold. It's creating an environment where That can come out where we can be real with each other. But then also being, on the flip side, being willing to
2: risk being real with each other. Um, Because you can't really have, like, if you say the thing you want to work on is, I want to work on trusting people more. (laughs) Right. You're never going to have that unless you practice. Yes. Trusting mm-hmm. people. I want to work mm-hmm. on loving people more. You're never going to have that unless you actually get out there and start loving people, yeah. regardless of of what that looks like. And mm-hmm. so, I don't want to like negate people's pain and what they've suffered in relationships because there's really there's hard things. So mm-hmm. I don't want them to think that we're just saying get over it Mm -hmm. but there is this place of like it is risky Mm -hmm. and that's really what jesus is asking us to enter into Mm -hmm. is entering into relationships with people so that we can grow and learn how to love one one
0: another Mm -hmm. i have to tell this story and then i'm going to launch it to marcel really fast but i think it speaks to this idea of the environment does um dictate how much you're willing to risk. Uh, I have a friend named Kristen, and she, many years ago, was participating in a Bible study with her husband. And every day that they went, every Tuesday night, they would go to the same woman's house that had three little kids, just like she did, and they would participate in this Bible study. But Kristen would describe her, uh, you know, reaction, because she would come into this woman's house, and everything was immaculate. There was not a toy to be seen. The counters were clear. I think, you know, there wasn't even a coffee maker on the counter. Like, she had amazing drinks to share and hors d'oeuvres. And Kristen would, like, feel like she had to just bring her all to this Bible study. Because just the environment made her feel like, I have to be perfect. You know, this woman has it all together. And if she saw my house with three kids, she would... Just, we have nothing to connect on. Mm -hmm. Well, about four months into the Bible study, Kristen had to go to the bathroom and she, someone was in the downstairs bathroom. And so Kristen went to the woman and said, Hey, I really have to go to the bathroom. Do you have another bathroom? And she's like, well, yeah, you can go upstairs, but it's a little bit messy. And so Kristen walked upstairs and she describes like with every step of the staircase, she began to have this smile on her face and anxiety began to go because this woman had brought all the mess of downstairs and put it all upstairs. And Kristen walks into the bathroom and she's like, I can be friends with She's normal. And so it really talks to both of these points that you're talking about is that the environment that you create does matter to make people comfortable, to honor people yeah. and whatnot. And and truly I believe that woman was trying to do her best at creating an environment. You know, she was trying to clear it up and make it nice. But in what it did was create a place where Kristen couldn't, didn't feel comfortable bringing her all. She wasn't ready as a new mom to say, I am who I am. I'm just going to bring it because she felt insecure. And so there's all these barriers and yet we need to be able to get over the competition and comparison that kind of bombards us every day. And so... Marcella, as a educational psychologist, as a woman with a PhD that helps people bring their all to the table, you know, what are a couple things we can do?
1: Um, So one thing that I was going to say is that I think somebody mentioned about this pressure of being the same, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that um, one thing is to know, like, do I bring my all to everybody, or um, which isn't? I don't think so. Especially if you're trying to develop, you know, authentic relationships and friendships, is that you need to know who to do that with,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: And um, and it is a risk. It's something that um, you have to want to desire. So if somebody's like, I'm, you know, I'm lonely. I'm trying to find friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, what is it that you're willing to do, Mm. right, to, Mm -hmm. um, to go and seek connection, Mm -hmm. um, and that's hard, because I think that this idea of, like, it goes back to, like, just self responsibility, like, there's a lot of that that needs to happen, regardless, um, of what's going on in the environment, is that, you know, what Ashley was saying, was being able to be like, I'm just going to be my full self, and it's like, you can accept me or not mm-hmm. but i'm not gonna not be me mm-hmm. right because that's who i am and in order to get there you really do have to like look at yourself and ask yourself you know a series of questions like who am i who do i want to be mm-hmm. um what parts of you are you hiding that are truly you like is who know who truly knows you right like mm-hmm. i think that that's a big piece of, like, if you ask yourself who actually knows who Marcella really is. Um, you know, and, and it's not that many, right? It's not that many. And it's like, why? Why don't they know who, you know, the full Marcella? What am I afraid of? And there are things, like, around being, you know, accepted. Um, and, you know, maybe it's a past that you don't want, you know, you don't want people to judge you based on your past. You want to you want people to see you from now moving <laughs> moving on um, and I think it goes back to just embracing who you are the good the bad like that makes up who you are mm-hmm. and I think that's the beauty of being a woman too is that I'm not def- I'm never gonna be perfect like it's not gonna happen even though we strive for it mm-hmm. that's what we're striving for is perfection like that's never gonna happen and that like takes a lot of weight off mm-hmm. Um us to then really connect and um it's sad because women are you know hard on each other like we're Mm -hmm. hard on each other than anything right yeah
0: um
1: yet we all we are hurt we hurt you know we have the same kind of (laughs) pains. like as women Mm is like we understand like oh i know that pain Mm -hmm. yet we can't be compassionate to each other Mm -hmm. um so i think that a lot of it is doing some self work and kind of asking your questions, asking those series of questions of like, you know, who am I, who, who do I want to be or what parts of me am I not showing that i um, important to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and has anybody seen the full me,
0: mm-hmm. you know? so. Well, and I think when two people show up in the fullness of who they are, the, um, they are able to edify each other yeah. in a way that is un. Um, Unknown in relationships that are on kind of the surface level or facade Mm -hmm. level. And, and I actually think that's what Paul is saying is that when everybody brings their full self, you are going to spur each other on, you're going to edify each other, you're going the differences that you bring, um, and your full self and my full self, even though it might create some tension. Mm -hmm. Even though it might not actually look the same, which is good, um, I'm going to grow and you're going to grow. And that is the whole point, is that Mm -hmm. in order for God's body to flourish, we're on this, um, we're all on the same road towards knowing Him, loving Him, growing Him in Him, becoming more like Him. And we can do that better and more fully when we all show up with our whole selves. Mm -hmm.
3: It's good. I. think about how important authenticity is. Mm -hmm. Like Ash, when you talk about showing up as you are, what you do is you give me the freedom, because we're asking like, what do we do? Well, when you show up as you are, and you're comfortable with you, and you present you, it actually gives me freedom. It's like the whole upstairs downstairs friend story of how it gives me freedom to actually show up and be myself. So if you're really going to be transparent and honest and vulnerable and direct with me, then I can be transparent, honest and vulnerable and direct with you. And so then we have a foundation to actually begin to build a friendship and actually get to know each other. But it requires that level of authenticity. And I think it's really important to recognize that each of us have weaknesses, and it's this whole idea that a toenail isn't going to get the job done. A toenail can only do so much. Okay. And so,
0: we all have a toenail out.
3: here. I know. And so, what are you saying? We all need to do our job, and the and the fingernails job and the eyeballs job and so we don't have to do everything God right. designed right. us to function it's the right. like it's the beauty mm-hmm. like you do your job you mm-hmm. do your part mm-hmm. and then we all come together and that's how community is supposed to function mm-hmm. and it's what Julie keeps saying mm-hmm. our differences are our strength but really our differences are our strength <laughs> right and yes. they're
0: needed because yeah. we can't function without it and yeah. so I love that point and I mean maybe I'm the toenail I am <laughs> Totally. <laughs> <that's> <laughs> there are There's ten of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right you got four i I'm not a toenail. You're not a toenail. Okay, I know that will be a great question later <laughs> for the Lord. But really, also what you're saying is is unity. This idea that coming together and being the body of Christ. Unity is not uniformity. We are not all to look alike, be alike. Yeah. And, and in this culture, in the United States, we have created a white-centric... Um, view of things. We've created a place where, um, that is, this is the, the normal, the right, you Mm -hmm. know, and our hope is that we can open up a discussion where that's, that we begin to see that that's not really how God designed it to be and that we have the fullness of who he is when we each bring the fullness of who we are to the table. And so any closing thoughts as we wrap up? We have, um, just a few minutes left.
2: I think it's really important for people to actually know, you know, what part of the body are you? And and I mean that in the sense of <laughs> not what, a toenail. I think yeah, <laughs> if you're not a toenail, if you're an arm or if you're whatever, I think an important part of a lot of us are walking around um, not knowing what we're good at. Um, and we need to figure that out. Like, God, how have you? gifted me? What am I good at? Am I a writer? Am I a speaker? Mm -hmm. Um, like what, what does that look like for me? What's my gift and what's my calling and and how do I use it? And so that's really important. And the whole thing about that, Ashley, is that
0: oftentimes that's found in community Mm -hmm. because, um, we're actually able to, I mean, for me, It's hard for me to step into the fullness of who I am without sisters around me to spur me on to that. And so I agree. We need to each enter into this idea of self-discovery, lean into who we are and our identity, and then ask the Lord to rise up people around you to help you find that, to encourage you on that path, to say, go get them, tiger, Mm -hmm. and um, let you go. What else? I think I would, you know, point out that relationships are really, really
1: important. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's really important that you seek out like real, authentic relationships. Um, because even just thinking from a mental health lens is um, that it <laughs> continues to, um, being in a relationship with people allows you to you know, develop like socially, mentally, um, spiritually where you are connecting mm-hmm. um, and this is not just like small talk type of conversation, it's really like how are you doing mm-hmm. um, how can I help you grow mm-hmm. um, if you we're talking about finding what it is that God's called you to do it's like what even asking like what are the things that you think I'm really good at that I can mm-hmm. do because sometimes you don't know right yeah. there are a lot of people that just don't know what it is that God's give them, given them to, um, to feel like they're valuable. So I think having at least one person that can speak to who you are and going back to that question of, um, you know, who's, who's seeing the true you? Mm-hmm. Like, who has? And if no one has, then it's really important that, you know, that's something that you work on is that maybe I need to just bring, like what Ash said, my full self, Mm-hmm. Um, and
0: that, and the right people that you're supposed to connect with will connect with you. Mm-hmm. Or start small too. I mean, if you're a person who's used to saying, "I'm fine, it's great." everything's amazing, yeah. then maybe one day try out with, um, a few people saying, oh, I'm hanging in there Yeah. And see yeah. if that opens yeah. up a conversation exactly. to go deeper. Yeah. You know, exactly. we talk a lot Absolutely. about the relational, um, speed of the, you know, the re- relational speed and what do you say, Joy? Relational pace. The like. pace that you, you can't just like open the door to like all your, uh, Skeletons in the closet <laughs> on day one—it's one, unhealthy, right? Um, but having that pace that's appropriate. But if yeah. you've never entered into those types of conversations,
3: it can be really frightening. Well, community—I think Ash started out being risk—it was yeah. pointing out that it's risky. And I've had a conversation with Marcella before about this whole idea of self-efficacy, this belief in what you can do, and it goes back to what Marcella was saying. On why is it so important to develop deep and meaningful relationships? Because when you have them, then you have people who can actually speak life into you, mm-hmm. that can look at Marcella or Joy or Julie or Ashley and mm-hmm. call out yeah. your God given. Like Asher saying, right. we need to know what our gifting yeah. is. Well, Marcella was saying, how do you know that? Well, you need people. Julie right? saying, right. you need right. people. Yeah. And yeah. so. As friends, mm-hmm. you know, as we enter into relationships, we need to be looking to speak truth and call out yes. the strengths mm-hmm. that we see in others and do that for each other. I mean, in yeah. Ecclesiastes, it talks mm-hmm. about uh, sort or of, no proverbs being iron that sharpens mm-hmm. iron mm-hmm. and that it's so important, but it feels risky. Mm-hmm. It feels risky. And so I have a question like, what, well, um, what gives you the courage, or what are some successful relationships that you've stepped into? We heard about your upstairs, downstairs <laughs> friends, but how, what are talk about community? How you have strong community now? I think all of us can look across the, across this table and say we have people. Mm-hmm. Um, how did we get to that space where we could? Have people in our <laughs> lives that can speak truth to us? Where we actually not <laughs> to get to that place. Yes, <laughs> <enjoy>. <laughs>
0: Ashley kind of said Hello no to you.
1: <laughs> for so for me, I, that's a great question because I'm such a, I'm such an introvert, right? Mm-hmm. So I can get comfortable just being in my space, right? And like not I mean I could be around people and I'm like oh got my fix, I'm going to go home, and not really, like, (laughs) honestly connect, and I think that, for me, it's like, when I, when I, Joy, when I met you, and Joy is persistent, right, and, um, and that, to me, that was, like, overwhelming, it was, like, overwhelming, but, you know, and I'm going to, and I think it goes to, like, also the relationship with God, because, Mm. The way, at least for me, the way I have a relationship with God pursues, right? He keeps going. He's persistent, right? And you know that because you know in your heart there's some kind of conviction that's there that you're like, okay, I need to look at that. But then also to be able to ask God questions like, for real, like, yeah, why is this? Why am I feeling this way? Why is this happening? You know, and being, like, open. Mm -hmm. And I learned to do that first. To then be able to, when Joy came along and was like persistent, let's get, get coffee, and I'm like, ah, uh, you know, this is over
3: coffee. Your toenail. But
1: the cool thing is though that like the risk, like I had, I had to step, I had to say yes. I'm gonna, I want to have coffee with you. Hmm. And even though that conversation was hard, right, and um, it pulled out th- things that I didn't want to look at. But I grew, just from that first conversation that we've had, is like, it pulls out things. There's, it's not it's not a one-way thing. Like, right, I'm sure for you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. something was pulled out of you. And I think it pulls out your your strengths. We're talking about strengths. Mm-hmm. So when you take that risk, um, yes, it's scary, but it's going to pull out what needs to be pulled out of you. Yeah. And I think that, that, for me, that's what I've learned is like in relationships, okay, this person's... There, like, there's you know, and you know within you, it's like, that God's speaking something like, I need to connect with this person. Um, so for me, it was like, with joy, I knew it was like, oh, okay, God's saying something, God's like, you need
3: to take that risk, like, you're not gonna know unless you like risk. And I, I can't pursue everybody, but God put you on my heart okay. to chase after you and to pursue a relationship, and so I think. It's just a picture that, again, we can't be friends with everybody, but God has, you know, we need to know, like, when to be open, when to pursue, and I think that's just the dynamics of of being flexible to how he moves us and directs us. And when
0: we look at data, because we look at a lot of data through Frenzy, I mean, the the data is really sad. When we look at the U.S., um, half of the United States Americans feel lonely you know, half of us out there are feeling some sense of loneliness. And so, um, and we know that this idea of isolation is destructive Mm -hmm. and we need each other. It's not only something that our body craves, it's hardwired in us through the Lord that relationships matter. And so, um, when we think of you know, continuing being in this time of COVID-19, being in this time of possibly sheltering in place or, you know, being six feet away, doing elbow bumps instead of hugs, you know. How can we, you know, again, as we close now, how, what are, what are some ways, let's be creative together to encourage others to be creative, to take the risk, to connect? Is it, it's probably not Facebook and Instagram, right? um, But what is it? How do we stay connected in an unconnected world?
2: I think there is, and I'm going to speak to my introverted single friends maybe who live alone (laughs) because I'm all of those things. Um, I I think for me, I have realized during COVID that um, I do need people and I need relationships. And so for me, it is pursuing relationships. Um, even though we may not be able to meet face-to-face, it's, you know, get, talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. It's um, that Zoom call. Mm-hmm. It's um, sharing where I'm at, real and, and in an honest Way um, and and really reflecting and asking God in this time, which has been a great blessing, actually during this time to have space to actually reflect on who you are and what you need, and maybe some things that you've been believing about yourself aren't actually true. You know, like I don't need people to survive. No, yes, you, you do. do. You do. You do need relationships. You do. You do. And, you do. and, and you need space. You know, sometimes to process things but we all need relationships Good. and so for me i would just say making making the effort to pursue relationships and connect with people phone calls zoom calls whatever that looks like for you do that thing don't just wait for somebody to reach out to you right
0: and i think oftentimes in your head you might think oh they have so much going on yep. they're probably totally busy they i'm sure they're doing something else and if you can push push yourself past those thoughts uh, and reach out, whether it be through a phone call, text, Zoom, you often find out that they're just making dinner just like you are. are. Or, just or watching Netflix. They're
2: watching yeah. Netflix. They're just, <laughs> watching Netflix.
0: Or they're just watching Netflix. <laughs> like they're on a walk, and um, and so take that chance, anything anything else we're going to just close up together, I mean, I just want to thank you all for being here uh, with me, having this conversation, I feel like it could probably go on for five hours with us, (laughs) uh, because I love chatting with each of you, but really at the end of the day, God calls us, it's this mandate that we're stronger and better together, and that collectively we can accomplish so much more than any of us could on our own, and we need each other, and so I want to encourage everyone here around this table and everyone listening to, you know, rise up, take a risk, and then also reach out to someone today so that you can create a connection that takes time, but it's worth it, and truly, as we saw in God's Word, it's, it's His design that we would suffer with each other and, re- and rejoice with each other, and we can only do that if we really know
2: each other. Yeah. And so thanks for joining us. Thanks. 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 Thank you.
3: Thank you. Thank
2: you.